0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This, unfortunately, is your NXT post-show for January 18th, 2022. I am your host, Gunther, right here on Off The Script. I'm sitting here. (laughs) I'm sitting here. And I am looking at the chat, and I'm getting my sound ready, and I'm making sure everything's in working order before I hit the music. Thank you once again to Werewolves for that great opening track. That one was called Welcome to Hell. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Making sure everything's in working order, getting my notes all prepared and whatnot. And I see the chat going crazy. J.D., 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 they changed his name to Gunther. I'm like, what? No, they didn't. What are you talking about? I saw Walter defeat Roderick Strong in a banger of a main event tonight on NXT. Now, I saw Walter grab the microphone and say something. I thought he was legitimately speaking in his native language. I thought he was speaking in his native language. Then out comes Imperium. Out comes Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. Then the Creed brothers are out there. Roderick Strong and Diamond Mine are going at it. Three on three. There's a big brawl between Diamond Mine and Imperium. And then the show goes off the air. I go do what I got to do. I get ready for here. And then I'm looking at Gunther, Gunther, Gunther. Like what? The last thing I saw on television was Walter. So then I go to Twitter, and everybody is just blowing Twitter up about it to a point where they're going to basically have to change his name back because WWE Creative is the absolute fucking... I don't even have words to describe them. They're legitimately Satan. Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon are legitimately Satan. These people don't give a single shit about what they have. At the expense of the fans, they don't give a shit what they have. They are responsible for delivering television that we want to watch. I don't know who wants to watch this. I don't know who advocated for a name change of Gunther from Walter. You know, how many times? Somebody. I want somebody somebody, 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 please. I know there's somebody in this fucking chat right now that has the date in which I've talked about this. Somebody go back in the chronicles of off the script. It's it's pretty recently. Talking about Walter. Somebody clip it for me and send it to me. And make sure it's high definition. 1080p for Twitter, please, before you send it to me. Somebody clip me saying exactly what WWE. Somebody what's. Uh, Somebody like um, Bruce Prichard or Vince McMahon or anybody in NXT creative now that Triple H is not in charge. Somebody please clip it and tell the world and send it to me. I want to make sure everybody hears this. Exactly what they needed to do when Walter hit the main roster. Guy's not even on the main roster yet and he's fucking dead. Might as well call this shit not NXT 2.0 but Nazi 2.0. WWE gave Walter a new name change. They gave him a new name. I, I don't understand why. Like, I can't even get mad at it. Like, do you, do you, do you legitimately want to drive people away from this show? Do you want to drive people away from your fucking company? To be quite honest with you. There's no fucking way. There's absolutely no way that WWE brought Walter to the United States. It was almost as if they were salivating about Walter coming to the States and wrestling full-time for WWE in the States. It's almost as if they did it on purpose. This guy was sticking to his guns. This guy was very much in his own world. He didn't want to wrestle in the States for a myriad of reasons. He didn't want to give WWE full-time. He wanted to be close to his family. He wanted to work his job that he worked over there. He was married. I believe he's going through a divorce now. The reports were claiming that he was going through a divorce and that he's dating NXT UK star Ginny... And I believe that is the reason why he moved to the United States to be with her here. It's almost as if they were salivating. Couldn't, couldn't wait for this guy to get to the States and work for WWE. I'm, I'm legitimately fucking speechless. WWE changed this fucking guy's name. He defeated Roderick Strunk tonight in a banger. Of a main event. Is anybody, is anybody watching this show shocked that the two Triple H guys got the loudest reaction out of anything on that show tonight? Everybody in that NXT arena, the WWE Performance Center, whatever the fuck they're calling it nowadays, everybody in that venue was standing on their feet. Everybody was standing on their feet. The two Triple H guys, not by coincidence either, got the loudest reaction of anybody in that entire building. That is the NXT that I remember. That is the NXT that we all fell in love with. That is the reaction from the fans from NXT 1.0. I don't see anybody on NXT 2.0 getting that type of reaction in or out of the ring. Even in its death, Even in the aftermath of its death, Triple H is still proving himself to be right. He's proving himself better than Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon. I just tweeted Bruce Prichard out. I legitimately tweeted Bruce Prichard out. I I need you guys to go to my Twitter page. I want this shit fucking, I want him to see it. I want him to fucking block me on Twitter. That's what I want. Because this guy's a fucking asshole. I want you guys to go to my Twitter page, and I want you to retweet it. I want you to like it. I want, you to, I want you to make it go viral. Remember when we tweeted Triple H? Remember when we tweeted Triple H about something? I don't know what it was. I don't know what the fuck it was. I don't know what caused it to go viral. It was like 9,000 likes in defense of Triple H. I, I want you guys to go to my Twitter page and fucking retweet the shit out of that Bruce Prichard tweet. Calling for his termination. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Even in its death, Triple H and the old guard is still proving to be the right way. You love to see it. The biggest story was what happened after the match. Walter said the winner of the match is Gunther. Gunther. Apparently, this is his new name. This was followed by a big brawl to end the show with Roderick Strong and the Creed brothers. As was noted earlier, I even did an off-the-script episode earlier today. One hour. One hour. If you guys missed it, go and check it out. I talked about it at the very end of the show. I didn't think it was a big story whatsoever. The entire article read that WWE had recently trademarked the name Gunther Stark. And everybody was kind of correlating this to Nazi Germany. And I'm like, that can't be that stupid. Either Imperium's getting a new member, or it's going to be the nickname for somebody. I did not think that it would be a possible name change for somebody in Imperium. I even said, well, listen, WWE can't be this fucking stupid. All they needed to do was go and do a little Google magic and see Gunther and the name Gunther Stark. It had Nazi World War II vibes. It was actually the name of a real... Nazi U-boat commander who served during World War II. It is pretty clear now that the name was trademarked for Walter, as he said the winner of the match is Gunther. It remains to be seen if they will decide to remove his last name or continue with their plans. Presumably WWE, and I don't want to really give them the benefit of the doubt, they probably knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. I mean, let's be real. I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt earlier, but I'm not really really all that surprised that they trademarked the fucking name of a Nazi U-boat military commander and then gave it to Walter. You would think that they did this on accident. I legitimately said in the video earlier today that this has to be This has to be a storyline return for Zoe Stark. Not a fucking name change for Walter. Presumably WWE didn't know the history of the name, but the story was trending earlier today. So they did have time to make changes as necessary as possible. They could have held off another week before deciding on this ridiculous, unnecessary fucking name. And if you guys seen the end of the show, Walter did say Gunther. I thought he was speaking in his native language. I didn't really listen close enough to hear the name Gunther come out of his mouth. You know, this was was a guy, Walter. It's almost as if I'm reading him his last fucking rights. He's going to be lowered into the fucking ground six feet under. This was a guy that everybody is bringing up this Royal Rumble season. Walter would be a perfect opponent for Roman Reigns and the Universal Championship. Imperium on the main roster would bring a breath of fresh air to the main roster. Walter versus Reigns, Imperium versus the Usos. I actually think Imperium is the best fucking tag team in all of WWE. No question. They are number one in all of WWE. Eichner, Bartel, amazing. That's my type of tag team. Walter winning the Royal Rumble. Walter taking down Roman Reigns. Walter being the one to slay the Tribal Chief. I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. I said this months ago. WWE has somebody in their possession, like Walter... And they've already fucking destroyed him and there's no return. None. Absolutely none. You did not need to do anything. Walter comes out with the best entrance in all of WWE. Imperium as a threesome. Comes out with the best entrance in all of WWE. The music is fucking a symphony of perfection. Them standing there as a threesome. Doing their Imperium salute is perfect. The meaning of everything that they stand for is perfect. Respect the mat. He comes out. He looks as intimidating as Brock Lesnar. Black trunks... All business. No fireworks, no fucking pyro, no weird lighting, no fucking absolutely cringe CGI graphics. He shows up, he beats people up, he does it better than anybody, and then he goes home. This is the guy that they have and they don't understand the value of what Walter is for them the way he is right now. They have something here that is immensely special. Special. You're looking for larger-than-life athletes. You're looking for somebody that could easily be plugged in at the top of the card and lead himself. I'm not even talking about Imperium. I'm talking about him. Plug him in at the top of a show and have him lead that brand. On day one, he doesn't need any seasoning. He doesn't need anything about him to change. You put him on a show, you put him in the ring, and people will stare in awe. People will understand what they are watching when you throw Walter in a ring for one moment in front of a a, a large audience. They know. You'll know. You'll understand. I don't understand why you need to change anything. Why do you need to change anything? I understand that this is not a guy that you've trained in the performance center. I know this is not a fucking failed NFL player or a college athlete that you're just bringing in and you're trying to groom in the WWE way of life. This isn't a failed cheerleader that you're bringing in to fucking wrestle and be a cosplay professional wrestler. This isn't that. Every now and then, there will be an opportunity where you have somebody like Walter and he doesn't need to be that. If you came to me and told me, J.D., I think Walter is the best professional wrestler in all of the sport, I would shake your hand and say, you know what? I can't argue that case. I can't argue that opinion. That is your opinion. And if you told me that, I'd probably fucking agree with you. That is a damn good choice. It's a very subjective topic to be talking about, but I would not battle you on that. I'd put him in there against anybody. Anybody. They didn't have to do anything. Music, perfect. Entrance, perfect. Him, perfect. You take what Triple H has done, you put it on the main roster. The Triple H that took Walter in NXT UK and gave him a 700 day title reign. He mowed through everybody. You take that, you put it on the main roster, and you just back away. You put your fucking headset on, Bruce! And you let him go to work. That's it. He's gonna make your job very, very easy. You don't have to do anything. Just give him a ring. Give him, give him an opponent and let him go. But what did they do? They changed his name. They changed his name because now this is Bruce Pritchards NXT. They were waiting for this moment. He's now in the United States full time. This was a major, major, major Triple H William Regal get for WWE. And just like everything else, It is now dead. It is now dead. They did this on purpose. One of the most unnecessary things I think I've ever read in my entire life. Ever. As a fan of this sport. Ever. You're going to have your people out there that are going to be like, ha, 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 ha. Look at everybody getting triggered. Ha, 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 ha. Look at these marks. Go fuck yourself. You people clearly want to see the brand and the spirit of the business die right before your very eyes because you take great pleasure in seeing unhappiness on everybody else because you yourself are an unhappy piece of shit. Walter is now dead. Imperium is now dead. I will never, I will never call him Gunther, never. I don't give a shit if the name sticks. I don't give a shit if the name is just for tonight only and they go revert him back to Walter next week. I'm not calling him Gunther or resembling anything Gunther. Gunther Stark. Gunther Stark. This is a time where we need to rise up as a fan base. This is where you are now able to use your voice on social media. You need to use your voice on social media. Tweet your displeasure. Tweet. Tweet WWE, tweet NXT, tweet Triple H doesn't matter. You can't do shit anyway. Tweet Bruce Pritchard. Tweet Vince McMahon's Twitter, even though he doesn't run it. Tweet Stephanie McMahon. Tweet somebody. Tweet Shawn Michaels. He's powerless. Yeah, Shawn Michaels advocated for the name change of Gunter, right? Bruce Pritchard is now in charge of NXT. They're all directly reporting to him. Who on Triple H's team that still remains there? Who remains there from Triple H's team that okayed this? Shook your head, yes, yes, Bruce. I'll get right on that, Bruce. I think this is a good idea, Bruce. How many of you stood there in shame and agreed with Bruce Prichard that this was the way to go for Walter? Why would Walter himself be subservient to these fucking people after he made a career off of the name Walter? If this is truly a name change for Walter, why would he sit there and be subservient to WWE and not argue the fact that this does not make sense? Bruce Pritchard needs to be fired. Bruce Pritchard needs to be fired. I don't think that there are people out there that understand the words that come out of my mouth every time I say it. Oh, but J.D., it's Vince McMahon. It's Vince McMahon. No. No. Vince McMahon is too easy of a target. He's too easy of a target. I'm not going to sit here and blame Vince McMahon. He put Bruce Prichard in charge. Bruce Prichard doesn't argue Vince McMahon. Bruce Prichard does everything Vince McMahon wants. If Vince McMahon was to die tomorrow, Bruce Prichard would run the show the same way Vince McMahon would have run if Vince McMahon was dead. That's a problem. That is a major issue. It's easy to blame Vince. Bruce is the guy that we need removed. Because once you remove everybody that says, yes, Vince, yes, Vince, yes, Vince, can I suck your dick tonight, Vince? Those are the people that you need to extract from the situation. Those are the people that cause the most problem. Because those are the people that constantly have Vince McMahon's ear. For every yes, Vince is never going to change his ways. For every yes, Vince is never going to see what we see. They only see what they see, and what they see is what Vince McMahon wants. If Vince McMahon didn't have anybody on his fucking team like Bruce Prichard, Vince McMahon may get that breath of fresh air and say, maybe we do something a little bit different today. Maybe we don't give them the same bullshit That we give them every fucking week. Bruce Prichard needs to be fired. This is your time to stand up and make a scene on social media. And I am advocating that you go and do that. The fact that they killed NXT dead is heartbreaking. But to take the one guy on this fucking show that doesn't even belong there... And change his name? Change his name to Gunther Stark. The same name that is a real-life name of a military commander that ran a U-boat fucking submarine during World War II. That's okay with you, though. That's going to sit well with you. How many of you people now will now forever tune out of NXT 2.0 because of something this fucking stupid? I mean, if you have given up on WWE completely. I know many people that have given up on WWE completely, never to return until Vince and Bruce are actively removed. Bruce Pritchard needs to be fucking fired. Fired. Bruce Pritchard should never work in this business ever again. Again. He's one of the men directly responsible for removing Triple H from power and everything that he's doing. I mean, look at the fucking show. Look at this show. I give it a bye. I give it a pass. On most weeks. Because I have learned to deal with what the show really is. It's a fucking circus. There are things I like about the show. And the majority of it I don't like. Tony D'Angelo, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Dexter Loomis the remaining fucking soul of Triple H's NXT that resides in Gunther and Roderick Strong and Tommaso Ciampa and Imperium, the grizzled young veterans, Santos Escobar. Those are the reasons I like the show. Everything else when it comes to this show, just like Bruce running SmackDown and Raw, Everything else comes off as lifeless, soulless. There's no passion in anything that he does. Bruce Pritchard doesn't have a fucking soul. His soul is black. He doesn't give a shit about professional wrestling. He spits in the name of professional wrestling. He doesn't give a shit. As long as his pockets are lined with money and he's got that nightly dick sucking from Vince McMahon all lined up. He doesn't give a shit. He does not care. There's no fucking passion in anything that this show does. None. Gunther. What a great way to spit on your fucking fan base, Bruce. Before long, none of us will be here to give a shit anymore. Use your voice on social media. Use it. I urge you. It's the only way they'll fucking listen. I don't. I don't. Even, I don't even want to go over the show. I really don't. I don't want to go over the show. It's the fucking point. There's absolutely no point of me talking about this show. It is fucking lifeless. I appreciate you guys joining me, though, on your Tuesday nights, man. This is going to catch wind. I'm telling you. This is going to catch fucking wind, bro. 358 likes on Bruce Pritchard's tweet, man. Get him out of here. Get him out of here! Get him the fuck out of here, man! I I don't believe it. I I don't. People people are legitimately losing their fucking minds over this, man. Something so simple as a name change people people are losing their minds over. It's amazing. Anyway, guys, hit that thumbs up. Can we try for 1,000 likes on today's NXT live stream post show right here on Off The Script? We got 410 likes. We got 1,400 people in the venue. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 minimum on today's OTS NXT review. I uploaded an episode of Off The Script, episode 403 today on the YouTube channel, and it hit the audio site. Spotify, Blue Wire Pods. Apple, iTunes, Podbean, and all other audio sites. Episode 403, we talked about Cody Rhodes. He will not be in the Royal Rumble. He is not going to WWE, and he is still AEW. Why he did not sign a new AEW contract, we talk about it. Also, WWE not doing a champion versus champion match at WrestleMania. And the nightmare of Omas, either winning the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber, is slowly becoming a reality. we talk about that as well. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Legitimately on the homepage as of this afternoon. Go and check it out if you missed any of that content. Also, Monday Night Raw from last night. Terrible program. We had all the extras from last week. Anything you missed last week, everything you need is right there, man. So go check it out. Follow me on social media at J.D. from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that join button. Become a new member of the OTS venue. Sit VIP right back there. As we all toss Bruce Pritchard out in the fucking cold. He could take a seat next to Bob next to the fucking dumpster behind the venue. What's Bob having tonight? What is he having tonight? Oh, tiny Scraps from six days ago. Oh, man. That sounds delicious. Hit that join button, man. Become a VIP right here on Off the Scripts. Guys get access to those emotes and those custom badges to show off your VIP status. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Audible. AudibleTrial.com. Slash scripts. Make sure you guys sign up using our unique link. You guys are going to get 30 days free of their service and one free audiobook of your choice. That is audibletrial.com slash scripts. Make sure you guys go and get that for free on the podcast. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight. On, off, the scripts NXT. Tonight was the start of the Dusty Tag Team Classic on the men's side. The men's Dusty Classic is usually something that I very much look forward to. I think it's a great time during the year. The last couple of Dusty Classics have been great. I take a look at this year's field. I honestly think this is the weakest field that we've had. In the Dusty Classic to date. I'm not liking this field at all. The matches tonight weren't all that bad. There was one squash match, really, and then there was one really good match between Brooks and Jensen. Oh, what is uh, uh Briggs. Briggs and Jensen. Brooks and Jensen. Whatever. Smoking Guns 2.0. Whatever the fuck their name is, man. Absolutely no charisma from both of those guys at all. Briggs and Jensen against the Cree Brothers. That was a decent match, and then we got uh, another match earlier in the evening with a squash match and one of the uh, upstart teams that is in the tournaments. I think Malik Blade and Endris and Ofe, they don't have a team name, but they, uh, they advanced to the second round of the Dusty Classic. We'll go over exactly what happened in those matches, but the show opened up with LA Knight. I don't know why LA Night is still on NXT. Can anybody, can anybody please fucking tell me why LA Night is still on NXT Tuesday night? You mean to tell me that with the deteriorating roster that is Smackdown, that you can't find a purpose or meaning for LA Night on Friday night? I mean it just it just has a nice ring to it. LA Night on Friday night. That man is money. There's absolutely no fucking way that you could tell me that there's no money in LA Knight in WWE on the main roster. This guy could be slotted into any role and fucking kill it. Intercontinental champion? No problem. United States champion? No problem. You want to have him? Obviously not against Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. I don't know when we're going to get away from those types of guys in the scene at the top. But if you want to make him a contender for one of the world championships when the time is right, he'll kill it. He'll kill it. He's got a great look. He's got charisma for days, more so than anybody else on the fucking main roster. And he's a damn good pro wrestler. And he's not old. He's only 37 years old. 37, 38 years old around there. Sky could absolutely kill it on Monday or Friday night. LA Knight arrived to the building. And he was doing his uh. He very much takes inspiration from the Rock and Stone Cold. You, you, you can tell it the way he accentuates his words and the way he speaks, which I have no problem with. Knight heads straight to the ring. He's got business that he needs to attend to. Knight is playing the role of a babyface now. He's playing the role of a babyface. Last time we saw him, he was. Kind of, uh, I guess, a baby face in the War Games match against the NXT 2.0 guys. But before that, he was feuding with Cameron Grimes. He played a great heel as well. He could do both flawlessly. He could do both very well. Doesn't matter what role you put him in. So he's doing all of his catchphrases. The crowd is hanging on every word he's saying. He was very over tonight. He calls out Grayson Waller. Knight cuts a promo on Waller until Waller enters the scene inside the PC. Waller has an envelope that says he has a restraining order against Knight, so Knight cannot touch him. L.A. Knight cannot come within 50 feet of Grayson Waller. So Waller slid the envelope in the ring. So uh, Knight is being served with a legal notice. So they look to be squaring up to fight here. Knight takes his shirt off. Grayson Waller takes his shirt off. They want to fight each other. But Grayson Waller, obviously, is being the cowardly heel in this predicament. So Knight swerved Grayson Waller. Knight acknowledges the restraining order, but Knight pitches somebody that doesn't have a restraining order from Mr. Waller to get in the ring with him tonight. And then out comes Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis crawls on the floor to surprise Waller from behind. And then we get a match with Grayson Waller and Dexter Loomis. This was not bad at all. I'm a big fan of Dexter Loomis. Loomis had the advantage early because he got the one up on Grayson Waller in the aisleway. And if you guys watch NXT tonight, you saw the aisleway was a little bit smaller. They added these ridiculous-looking glass... Uh, barricades around the arena. They shrunk the ringside area down quite a bit. There's really no room on the outside of the ring anymore. And the NXT announce team is not to the right of the ring anymore. They are now facing this way in the direction coming from the heart camp. It's a very weird setup that they got there. They shrunk everything down, and I'm assuming they did that so that they could add more people inside the Performance Center and make the Performance Center a little bit more full than what it was previously. They even had the big screens. There's the big NXT logo right up the middle of the aisleway in the crowd. There's two big screens that they have to the right and to the left. And it looks like on the screens were a mirror image of what we can't see on the hard cam side. So they had all those fans that you can't see on the hard cam side showing up on the big screens to make it look even fuller, kind of digitally, adding that little digital effect. But, you know, what? The, the, the fucked up thing is with WWE trying to do that, you know, they could make the performance center feel a little bit bigger and fill it a little bit more with fans. But they still use fake crowd effects. They still use piped in crowd noise. When L.A. Night came out, there was piped-in crowd noise, and then you heard the actual NXT audience. If you watched NXT before in the past, you know for a fact what a fake crowd sounds like and what an NXT crowd sounds like. I don't know why they continue to use fake, piped-in crowd noises. You hear it all over Friday night. You hear it all over Monday. Why are we still using hyped-in crowd noises to manipulate the crowd when there are live fans in attendance. Nobody likes it. And it makes you look fucking stupid. Stop pretending that your show is better than it really is. Just accept the fact that your shows are fucking uninteresting. So Waller is... Going at it with Loomis. Waller hit Loomis with the Larry to ringside. Waller then grounds Loomis on the mat. He begins having a comeback here. Loomis rallies. Crowd's going crazy for Dexter Loomis as they do not like racing Waller. Fight spills to the outside. Waller cuts off Loomis. Waller then rams Loomis into the barricade. Waller gets back in the ring to distract the referee. Meanwhile, and I know I'm not the only one that thought this. This giant of a man, this unnamed man, that kind of looked like Veer. I legitimately thought this was Veer running down to help Grayson Waller. This giant of a man, I'm assuming this was Veer's old partner before they broke them up in NXT. Sarav, I think his name is. He was a part of Indus Share, if you guys remember that team. He's dressed in a suit. He enters the match. He grabs Loomis. He assaults Loomis. He throws Loomis into the steel post. Back in the ring, Waller delivers a stunner, and then he covers Loomis for the one, two, three. Waller wins this with the help of Sarov. I legitimately thought it was Veer. Veer Mahan! I thought he was coming to Raw, and I thought we saw him come on NXT. But it was not to be. Now it looks like Waller has some muscle to add to the overall cringy and uninteresting heel stick that he continues to do on NXT. You know, they had this guy take out Johnny Gargano and I don't think that they've lived up to their end of the deal. In a moment like that, where he should have been the biggest heel in all of WWE for attacking the legit heart and soul of NXT, WWE has squandered all of that And they haven't done much of anything with Grayson Waller to build upon that moment. He just feels, he still feels like NXT. You see WWE getting this guy ready for something. They want to fast track this guy to something main roster like. But it's just not clicking, man. After all these weeks, it's just not clicking. I think he looks fucking ridiculous with the boxing trunks. I don't know what he's pretending to be, man. He's this social media mogul. He's got uh, this social media gimmick, right? The Grayson Waller effect. I don't know if he's trying to be one of the, the, the Paul brothers, Jake Paul, Logan Paul. He looks like that. He looks like a fucking idiot. There's nothing interesting about Grayson Waller. <laughs> nothing. He beats Dexter Loomis in about nine minutes, and he's got now new muscle in Sarav of Indus formerly. formally who destroyed him on the outside. We got the start of the Dusty Cup. These are the teams in the Dusty Cup. Chase University. Chase University is in the Dusty Cup. This is Andre Chase and one of his students. The Grizzled Young Veterans. The Creed Brothers. Briggs and Jensen. Smoking Guns 2.0. And Ofe and Blade. Legato, Del Fantasma, MSK, and Jacket Time. (laughs) Jacket Time. Jacket Time is in the Dusty Classic. I don't know who's going with Jacket Time, but I hope they get eliminated quite uh, quick, quickly. In quick fashion. So Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen against the Creed Brothers. This was actually a decent little match here. It went about six minutes. I could have watched it for another three or four minutes to be honest with you. So we got this first round match. WWE is very high on the Creed Brothers, Julius and Brutus Creed with Malcolm Bivens. So the baby faces here were in control, and the baby faces here are Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Creed Brothers were working together, and they quickly. Turned the entire tide of the match into their favor. They worked over Jensen. We had a little, uh, a little mishap with one of the Creed brothers, which led to a hot tag. And we got Briggs cleaning house in there against both Creed brothers. Briggs with the slam. He went for a cover, got a near fall. Pin was broken up. Briggs gets smashed into the barricade. And it actually dented one of those new metal frames on the outside. So the Creed brothers were doing some double-team offense. Jensen is hoisted into the air with a suplex, placed in a torture rack position, and then Jensen gets slammed to the mat. And then we got a clothesline that levels Jensen, and he was pinned by, I believe, Brutus in this case. And he was pinned one, two, three, and that was it. The smoking guns can now go back to the fucking saloon and drink their cheap beer. And play fucking dots with Caden uh, Carter and Casey Cottonzaro. Who apparently is, uh, I guess, taking a liking to both these geeks. Smoking Guns 2.0. Uh, the Cree Brothers. I'm not a big fan of the Cree Brothers, but I see that they're getting better. The first day that I watched them, they were a little sloppy. I didn't really understand. I've seen a lot of people on social media hyping them up. They look good. They're big. They're tough. They're uh, going to be a big deal. I didn't really see it. I thought they were kind of sloppy. They looked right out of the performance center with barely any training. I see that they're getting a lot better, man. They're a lot more smoother. Their offense is coming together nicely, and they do still look a little green. They still do look a little young, but I'm liking what I'm seeing, man. The progress is there, and I'm noticing it. I I don't get Brooks and Briggs, Jensen, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. I don't get these guys at all, man. These guys are absolutely a charisma vacuum. You know, I get that you want to give everybody a gimmick. I get that you want to give everybody some sort of personality, and they have to find their own way. But this shit is not relatable in any sense of the word, man. These guys are not relatable relatable at all. Who would be interested in these two guys as a tag team? I mean, they're not bad, but there's no reason why I'm going to go out of my way and give a shit about... Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. They don't even have a fucking tag team name. Give them a tag team name. Give them some camaraderie, some solidarity here. I, I don't get it. It didn't do good for Billy and Bart Gun. I don't see it doing good for these guys either. Nobody's going to relate to the fucking cowboy gimmick. I'm grilling steaks and I'm going to the saloon and I'm going to be a fucking guy that gets into a bar fight and kick ass. No. Give me a break. I'm going to wrangle up some horses, man. I'm going to play horseshoes, man. No, nobody nobody gives a shit about that. Nobody cares. It's not relatable. And you're trying too hard to be APA. You're not going to be Ron Simmons and JBL. No matter how much you want to be a throwback to the Acolytes, you're not. You're not. These guys, not a big deal in my eyes whatsoever. I don't see them doing much of anything in the tag team division. Unless I'm not seeing it. I wish somebody would tell me what I'm, what I'm missing here. What am I not seeing? Or are you guys in agreement with me when it comes to Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs? I think Josh Briggs had more personality when I seen him in Evolve. When he was a solo. I don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll wake up and see what I'm missing with uh, Smoking Guns 2.0. We had a vignette for a newcomer, Dante Chen. I remember seeing Dante Chen on the debut episode of NXT 2.0, a.k.a. the beginning of the end of NXT. He had a hype segment, a video package. Talking about his debut match in September, which was a win over Trey Baxter, who wasn't named in this segment because he got released from the company, who is coincidentally dating Cora Jade, who is still on the roster for now. But he suffered a leg injury while training soon after that. He said his father was his biggest fan, and his father was incredibly proud to see him make his dreams come true by working for WWE and being the first Singapore athlete in WWE history. And then he talked about how his father died two months ago. And though he had gotten to see Dante's debut match, Dante Chen said they had a lot more matches to show him coming up. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I didn't, really, uh, I didn't really see the big appeal of Dante Chen. It was legitimately a 60-second match, 90 seconds at most. When we saw him in September, I don't really look at him as uh, you know a big deal yet, but WWE usually uses these types of guys to get themselves over in certain markets. They use them as, you know, PR to get themselves over in these different countries. They use Mansoor when they go to Saudi Arabia. That's all he's, that's all he's good for. That's all he's used for. Mansoor has done nothing on WWE television throughout the entire year. But every two, uh, every two shows that they got in the calendar year, what is it? It's February and then uh, November, right? Uh, or February and October. Two months out of the 12, mansour has got something going on. The other 10, he's nothing more than a fucking catering VIP. That sucks. And he's somebody that has Saudi Arabian descent. And they use him only for that because that's where they are for the next eight years. So he'll have a job. He's got a nice, cozy job as long as he wants it in WWE. They use him only for that. They have no fucking clue on how to book him and no desire how to book him away from Saudi Arabia. Zaya Lee. Zaya Lee. Where has Zaya Lee been? Is she even in the Royal Rumble? has Xia Li even been announced for the Royal Rumble? Zia made her debut, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago on SmackDown? She came to uh, the aid, I believe, of Naomi against Sonya Deville, against Shayna Baszler. Where's Zia been since then? Oh, that's right, WWE, all they use Zia for is to brag that she's the first Chinese-born pro wrestler on the main roster. It's great. It's great. I hope that works out for you, Zaya. Hope Bruce Pritchard promised you riches and fucking a great spot on SmackDown. Only for you to be shown once to the U.S. audience, never to be seen again. And they're doing the same thing with Dante Chan. I don't, I don't have any high hopes for Dante Chan whatsoever. They'll use him like they used Zaya Lee, and they'll use him like they used Mansoor. When he gets to that point. They could give me all the video packages they want on Dante Chen. He's going nowhere. Just like the other two. No contest. Barely went a minute. He wrestled Guru Raj. Out comes Mr. Duke Hudson. Shaved head and all. And he beat the living shit out of Dante Chen. No reason was given. Duke Hudson charged. He attacked Dante Chen. He then yelled in the camera, Duke Hudson's back. So stay out of my way. That was pretty much it. I'm a Duke Hudson guy. He's another one of those new NXT 2.0 guys that I really like. I like the poker gimmick because I like playing poker. What could I say? It's a relatable gimmick. Not like fucking smoking guns over there. Less than a minute, Dante Chen is now thrown into a feud with Duke Hudson. I would have liked to see more of Dante Chen because the video package that they showed before the match was great. It actually made me want to cheer for the guy. And all we got was a minute. Joe Gacy with Harland, they were walking in the back. They ran into an injured Odyssey Jones in the back. And Gacy was kind of mocking Jones' injury. Apparently he sprained his knee and Odyssey Jones said he'll be back in a couple of weeks and they were playing nice for right now with Odyssey Jones. Harlan was staring a hole right through Odyssey Jones as he looked like he wanted to murder the guy in cold blood right then and there. You got to love Harlan, man. Joe Gacy is another one of those guys that I really am starting to like, man. He's just got that creepiness, that perfect amount of creepiness going for him that really makes him intriguing. And Harlan, man, that looks like a legit psychopath. Love it. Love it. Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Braun Breaker. He was there and he was interrupted by Electra Lopez. I like Braun Breaker, man. You know, I said this kind of thinking out loud. I'm like, you know, Braun Breaker's not a bad promo. It's not a bad promo, man. He keeps it short, he keeps it sweet, he sounds intimidating, he sounds legit. So he'll be perfectly fine on the main roster. There's no doubt about it. Braun Breaker is going to be legitimate on the main roster when the time has come. So Electra Lopez came out of nowhere and she introduced Santos Escobar, who told Braun Breaker that he was coming for the NXT championship and that Braun Breaker is not going to be able to handle the stresses of carrying the brand and being its world champion and that he will do him a favor and take that title off of him and show him how it's done. So we are looking at a Santos Escobar and Braun Breaker NXT title match in our futures. I'm okay with that, man. Santos Escobar is fucking fantastic. He's also main roster ready. Don't know what the fuck they're waiting for. But it looks like Braun Breaker is going to run through the remaining NXT guys before all of them get called up to the main roster. I would have liked to see Pete Dunne go after Braun Breaker. I thought that would have been a great match. He's already taken care of Tommaso Ciampa. Looks like both of those guys have been auditioning to the main roster. Now Santos Escobar is being thrown in there. I don't know, man. I don't know. Braun Breaker's looking to take care of the rest of the NXT guys That still lingered from the old guard. Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo is having a memorial service for Pete Dunne, which I find to be quite hilarious. With the reports of Pete Dunne auditioning for the main roster and having dark matches the last three weeks right before SmackDown, it looks like they're getting Pete Dunne ready for the main roster. And he should add a breath of fresh air to Friday Night SmackDown, which right now is in desperate need of something. Whether it's Champa, Dunn, L.A. Night, Dakota Kai, something. Something needs to happen on Friday night. I find this to be funny because with all the reports that Pete Dunn is working dark matches before SmackDown, it looks like they're getting ready to call him up. And the memorial service is quite hilarious because This is the end of Pete Dunne's WWE career. Once you are fully in the grasp of Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard, you might as well just throw in the fucking towel. So Tony D'Angelo having a memorial service because Pete Dunne was getting called down to the main roster sometime soon, I find to be funny. There was a black casket in the middle of the ring. This was a closed casket service. Since nobody wants to see... Pete since he broke the crowbar over his thick skull. So he said he had his eyes on the North American title now that he took care of little old Petey. Pete Dunn. What do you think about that? Paizan. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, they come out to the NXT stoop that overlooks the commentary table above. And they show up almost immediately. The North American title is mentioned. Hayes says that they thought they were boys. I thought you and I were boys. D'Angelo said that they were teammates at war games, but not really boys. Hayes said D'Angelo, better keep his business out of D'Angelo's mouth because the next memorial service would be for him. And then he mentions a couple of guys that He was uh, friends with one of the guy's names was Jerry the Hat. I'm not sure who Jerry the Hat is, but maybe he was referencing JD and off the script. My name is Jerry and I wear a hat every single time. Maybe Tony D was mentioning me. I don't know. Anyway, all kidding aside. Cameron Grimes comes out. He joins the party. He wants a shot at the North American championship. And he told D'Angelo that he'd have to wait in the back of the line for that championship opportunity. Grimes said to Hayes, he told him he was coming for the North American title. Hayes said perhaps Grimes and D'Angelo should have a match to determine the next challenger. One guy tried to uh, chant in the crowd, triple threat. You audibly heard, "Uh, no. No, I don't want a triple threat match. I'd like competition. Show me who deserves it more. And that's exactly what we got. That's exactly what we got here. D'Angelo tried to sucker punch Grimes. Grimes smashed a large photo of Pete Dunn that was sitting there with a black wreath over D'Angelo's head. And that is the way the segment came to a close. We are getting Tony D'Angelo versus Cameron Grimes next week. And the winner will challenge Carmelo Hayes for the North American Championship. I like it. I don't think Tony D'Angelo is ready for a championship just yet. He will be. No doubt about it, he will be. But Carmelo Hayes is a heel. I think Tony D'Angelo is a heel. I don't know what they did with the Pete Dunne situation. It's almost as if they turned Tony D'Angelo into a heel by feuding him with Pete Dunne, who's obviously a babyface on this roster. So I don't know what they're doing. It seems like... They put him in this heel role, and now they're feuding him with Cameron Grimes for this opportunity at the North American Championship. I can't see Tony D'Angelo versus Cameron Grimes just yet, but Cameron Grimes uh, – Tony D'Angelo versus uh, Carmelo Hayes, rather. Uh, I can't see that match just yet, but I can see Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes. I can absolutely see that. No question. I think Tony D'Angelo is going to have to wait for a little bit longer. Uh, I honestly think before, before all is uh, said and done, I think Carmelo Hayes actually gets called up to the main roster. I think out of all the NXT guys that are in this 2.0 camp, I think Carmelo Hayes gets called up to the main roster first. And then we see the rise of Tony D'Angelo. He hasn't had many matches on NXT. How many matches has he had on NXT? About six or seven? He's not even, he's not even at that level yet. Give him some time. There's no reason to rush anything with Tony D'Angelo. There's no reason to put a championship on him. There's no reason to give me D'Angelo versus Carmelo Hayes, a heel versus heel match. Cameron Grimes is there. Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes should be a great match in itself, and there's no reason to rush Tony D'Angelo to anything on this show. Just take your time, and you got a winner there with Tony D. Casey Contanzaro and Kaden Carter went up to Briggs and Jensen in the locker room. And they were there to comfort them after their elimination in the Dusty Cup. Caden says that they want to go out for drinks. And then Jensen awkwardly hit on Carter and then tried to walk it back and said, no, 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 no. I, I like you, but I don't like you that way. And this was all because of Wendy Chu. Wendy Chu was there laying on top of the lockers with her pillow and blanket, like most of the audience is doing, during Monday Night Raw. She said... Ooh, he likes you. He said this to Caden Carter, and he tried to dance around the topic. Everyone left, other than Jensen, who continued to stumble over his words. He was a little embarrassed that Wendy Chu called him out for liking Caden Carter. This was a ridiculous, cringe segment. Wendy Chu, it will hit a ceiling, and then it will die like everything else. She is NXT's version of Orange Cassidy. Which she doesn't do half as good as Orange Cassidy. This will die in NXT. There's no reason for, for, for this to ever get called to the main roster. Wendy Chu. Saw clips of her wrestling in her fucking pajamas last week. That's what I missed. Valentina Feroz and Ulisa Leon. They got a hype segment or a hype package... And they put over their real-life Olympic accomplishments. J.D., who are these two? I don't know. I don't know. This uh, This is a common theme that I have with NXT. I constantly keep asking, who? Who are they? Why should I care? Talked about their goal of being women's tag team champions. Then we went live to Mackenzie Mitchell, who was asking them about their Dusty Cup match coming up. They got about five seconds of promo before Dakota Kai interrupted. And they got five seconds because neither one of them speak very good English. So Dakota Kai put an end to that and said success would divide them as a tag team. Kai then riled them up and made a challenge for tonight. And we got Dakota Kai versus one of these women. I don't remember who it was. But Dakota Kai in action against one half of this new tag team that just formed. For the women's Dusty Cup, Kaylee Ray versus Ivy Nile. Ivy Nile did not get an entrance. She did not get an entrance. I wonder why. I guess they didn't want Diamond Mine to come out three different times with the same theme music all night. This show was spearheaded by a lot of Diamond Mine tonight. They were in the tag team classic before with the Kree brothers. Ivy Nile was wrestling Kaylee Ray, and then Rara Strong was in the main event. So Diamond, Ni- Diamond Mine had a great night tonight, all over the place. So Kaylee Ray wins. Actually, no, Ivy Nile wins. I thought Kaylee Ray was going to win because they're clearly setting her up for a match with Mandy Rose and the NXT Women's Championship. So they trade grappling holds to start, and then they trade strikes. Nile is coming back and firing up on Kaylee Ray after reversing a suplex. We had Nile deliver an Nziguri. She connected it. She went for a cover, got a two count. Nile then grounded Kaylee Ray with a head scissor takedown. Kaylee Ray then escapes. She fights back. A gourd buster by Kaylee Ray only gets a two count. They trade near falls. Nile gets a two after a modified DDT, which looked great. And Mandy Rose comes out of nowhere and appears at ringside. She jumps on the apron to cause a distraction. Kaylee Ray goes for clothesline. She misses as Mandy Rose jumps down. So Kaylee Ray gets distracted, and this is enough to end the match. She does attempt her finisher, but Kaylee Ray hoists Nile up for a Gory Bomb, and Nile counters into a cradle for a one, two, three. All because of the distraction from Mandy Rose. Kaylee Ray then hoists Nile up for a Gory Bomb, one, two, three, and that is it. Rose jumps in after the match. She attacks Kaylee Ray. Rose is brawling with Kaylee Ray. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, the rest of Toxic Attraction, come into the ring. They proceed to just beat up Kaylee Ray. Three on one. Out comes Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota to even the odds. A big six-woman chaos melee erupts, and the babyfaces clear the ring of the heels as they go scrambling up the ramp. This obviously is setting up a tag team match next week on NXT. Great. I like Ivy Nile, man. Never seen the appealing Kaylee Ray, but apparently they're setting up Kaylee Ray for Mandy Rose. Will Kaylee Ray be the one to take the title off Mandy Rose, or is WWE going to continue to go with Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction leading the women's division? I don't see Mandy Rose relinquishing that title anytime soon. We got a Harland and Joe Gacy segment backstage. All of a sudden, we see Odyssey Jones from before. He was on crutches selling his knee, his bruised knee, that he says he's going to be back in a couple of weeks from. He's on the floor, and he's writhing and screaming in pain. Harland standing there, motionless, with a crutch in his hand. He looks like he wants to fucking murder this guy right then and there. Bunch of referees and officials holding him back. He throws the crutch And Joe Gacy congratulates Harland on a job well done. I like these guys, man. I like them. So got a promo. She did most of it in Japanese. She was essentially one of the last things that William uh, William Regal brought into NXT. One of the last remaining talents that William Regal brought into NXT before they unceremoniously let him go. She was dressed up as a Japanese schoolgirl. She said she returned to Japan to find herself. And while she was there, her grandmother gave her a long-lost necklace that supposedly has power. She says she is the Sun Princess. Or the Warrior of the Sun, or whatever the fuck she said she was. Apparently this is a pendant that gives her now magical powers. And she said she will be back in the United States I'm back in NXT very soon. For what? What is Seray going to do in NXT? I give this woman 6 months and she'll be released by WWE. Give me a break. WWE's now pushing Saray on NXT. Malik Blade and Edris Enofe versus Legado del Fantasma. This went 3 minutes. 3 minutes. So, I was looking forward to Legado Del Fantasma advancing in the Dusty Cup. Clearly, that was not going to happen here. This was WWE putting Malik Blade and Inofi over as the babyface underdogs here. So, obviously, Legado is beating down these babyfaces, beating down Blade, beating down Inofi. They make a babyface. Come back. Escobar on the outside trips a blade. Escobar then hops on the apron, hoping to cause more than a distraction here and give his team the victory. Breaker comes to ringside and puts Escobar over his shoulder, and Braun Breaker carries Escobar away to get him away from ringside. Distracted at what's going on on the outside, Joaquin Wild is looking out there like a fucking idiot, taking his eye off the ball. And Blade rolled him up with an O'Connor roll and got the victory. One, two, three. The babyface team upsets Legato Del Fantasma. They will more than likely go on to face the winners of the MSK and Jacket Time (laughs) match that happens next week on NXT 2.0. I don't really understand why uh, they did this the way that they did. Uh, You know, it's not long enough to even commit to the match. You know, I don't know who these guys are. They just randomly threw these guys together. I don't know who they are, what they're about. I know they've been on the show in various squash matches, enhancement talent matches, but it wasn't enough to really get me to want to cheer for them. I want to cheer for a babyface team like this but this is not the way to go about it. And this was more of a situation that took away from their victory to ultimately continue the process of getting us to Braun Breaker and Santos Escobar. That's all it was. It was all about Breaker and Escobar and nothing really about Enofe and Malik Blade. So why should I care? Why should I care? And more than likely, they're not going to advance past the second round. Man, the Dusty Cup has really fallen off this year. Malcolm Bivens was backstage firing up Roderick Strong. He said tonight they were 2-for-2, two two and Strong would make it 3-for-3 three three as he's going to take the win tonight over Walter. Solo Sakoa, the third Uso, cut a promo on Boa, He said, Boa burned half of his face. Oh, really? That must have been in the week that I missed last week. He burned his face, you say. But I thought there was no gore and self-mutilation, Bruce. Vince, do you want to explain that one? Or were you misquoted in the Toronto Sun? Oh, now we got Solo Sokoa getting his face burned by a possessed Boa. On NXT. Great. I'll add it to the list of things that I went over this week. He pulled a towel off of his face to show a large scar from a fireball shot at him by Boa. It looked actually pretty decent, man. Whatever they did, the the makeup that they did for this guy's face, it looked pretty decent. I will say that. But I thought they don't do gore and self-mutilation. I don't know. Maybe I misread the Toronto Star newsletter. Ulisa Leon versus Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai wins in four minutes. That's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. Not really all that good. I love Dakota Kai. She needs to. Uh, she needs to do more. Get her raw for the fucking show, man. Dakota Kai. There's nothing left for her here. Let's move her to SmackDown. Move her to Raw. Do something with her. She's too good to be wasting away in NXT. Let's do something with Dakota Kai, please. It's like they don't have a fucking brain. Your women's division on the main roster sucks. Let's try and fix that. Roderick Strong versus Walter. This was the main event. This was the main event. And man, oh man, was this a fucking main event. Holy shit, this was fucking great. This was an absolute banger. Like I said in the beginning of the show, man, are you fucking surprised at all that the main event that included two Triple H guys, Walter and Roderick Strong, are you surprised that this match, these two guys got the loudest reaction over everything else on this show tonight, even in death? Triple H is still winning and showing you what he did resonates with these people more than anything Bruce or Vince will come up with for NXT 2.0. It's just the fact. It's just the facts. Smash was obviously, anybody that's in there with Walter is a uh, David versus Goliath type of matchup. You don't really have anybody on the roster that's going to be an uh, equal To Walter, unless you're a Roman Reigns or a Brock Lesnar, or I don't even want to say Braun Breaker, man. Walter towers over everybody. Drew McIntyre, maybe, is another one of those guys that would be equal to Walter. Strong, he's a little, he's a little concerned at the beginning of this match, man. So he's backing away and he's trying to rethink his strategy. Walter ties up Strong in a hold at the start of the match. Walter chops Strong, and Strong begs off again by again, going through the ropes to have the referee put an end to this. Strong fights back. He trades chops with Walter, and my God, man, there was a chop by Roderick Strong on Walter's chest that absolutely sounded like murder. And then Walter comes right back, and one chop legitimately knocks this guy's chest into the fourth row. Caves this guy's chest in. Took him down with one swipe. Awesome. You could not pay me all the money in the world to take a chop from Walter. Never. It looks like it's absolute death. So Walter drops Strong with more strikes, and Strong tries to fight back. Bivens is on the outside. I love Malcolm Bivens, man. He's so good at what he does. Tries to cause a distraction on the outside. He finds himself uh, in the hands of Walter. Won't be the first time. Bivens is then taken care of by Walter until Strong hits Walter with a chop block in a sneak attack from behind. Strong tries to follow up with a wrecking ball dropkick. Walter is waiting on the outside, catches him, and throws him onto the apron with a back suplex. Walter is on the attack here. He is punishing strong ground and pound. They're on the mat strong with a comeback. He lands a missile drop kick, unable to lift Walter for the Olympic slam. Walter applies a sleeper hold strong counters with a jawbreaker. Walter reapplies the sleeper strong escapes the sleeper hold of Walter. So we got strong coming back with a variety of strikes, Walter swats Strong with a single chop. Took Strong off of his feet. Strong then up top with Walter. Delivers a massive superplex. Goes for a cover, gets a near fall. We then get another slugfest with these guys. Barrage of elbows, a barrage of strikes on Walter. At this point, Roddy is throwing anything he can at Walter. Strong knocks Walter off of his feet with a drop kick. Two and a half after he goes for a cover, gets a near fall. Strong attempts to apply the stronghold, but Walter counters again. He chops down Strong. They go on to counter each other for a little bit. Walter then gives Strong a powerbomb, and that was it. That was it. One powerbomb, and Walter wins the match via pinfall. He takes the microphone almost immediately, and he says the winner of this match is Gunther. Gunther. At this point, I legitimately was getting ready to shut the TV off to come up to my office, and I legitimately thought Walter was speaking in his native language. I didn't really put the two and two together until I actually sat here in the chair and looked at the chat. There was a big pull-apart brawl with Imperium fighting Diamond Mine. It was a three-on-three brawl, and the show goes off the air with this chaos happening inside the performance center. I legitimately thought this might have been the end of Roddy's run in NXT. And I meant that because I just had this feeling. There was just a feeling in the air that after Roddy lost the unification match to Carmelo Hayes at New Year's Eve, the Cruiserweight division is dead. Then they put him in this match with Walter. I just felt like this was the end of Roddy. Now, you had the check marks on social media You know, saying that, you know, Roddy just re-upped last year. He's with WWE for a couple more years, et cetera, et cetera. I just felt like this was the end. Whether he asked for his release or whether he was going to be given his release by reason of budget cut, whatever the reason may be. BodySlam.net actually reported tonight that Roddy reopened his pro wrestling tees online shop. He's now selling t-shirts On pro wrestling tees. Usually when someone does that, you know, you connect the dots and they're soon out of the company. I don't know what's going on. People were like, is this the end for Roddy? Is he going to join AEW? Is he going to get the Undisputed Era back together? Are we going to see a foursome back together on AEW television? I I don't know. By the way, I felt at the beginning of this match, it felt like this was the end of Roddy. That he was going to be gone. By the end of this match, it looks like Walter and Imperium, or Gunther, is going to take this feud with Diamond Mine into a three-on-three. I don't know why that needs to be. I don't know what the reason for that is. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Roddy and and Walter back in the ring again, but it it almost felt like this was the end in the beginning, and and it seemed like they were building towards a trios match. Six-man tag. With both of these groups sometime in the future I, I don't know I don't know you guys let me know man I, I'm still I'm still baffled I am I am legitimately in shock that they changed this man's fucking name that they changed this man's fucking name and he is now Gunther he's now Gunther. Walter is the most dominating individual outside of Brock Lesnar in this company. Outside of Brock Lesnar, Walter is the greatest physical specimen that this company has signed to a contract. You didn't need to change him at all. At all. All you do is take what Triple H has built upon for the last three or four years with Walter. And you apply it in any which way on the main roster. And you watch it make you money. You legitimately got somebody that would give Brock Lesnar a run for his money. You got somebody that could potentially take down Roman Reigns and win the Universal Championship. You have somebody that legitimately could lead a brand, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. You legitimately have a larger-than-life character here. And Imperium as a threesome. That could lead WWE and give you a group that is absolutely unbeatable and untouchable. Yet you opt to change his name because you feel like you need to put your own stamp on everything. You changed his name because of reasons that have nothing to do with making the show better. Your your decisions are hideous. Your decisions are selfish. Your decisions come from a motive of power. Because you can. Not because you want to make the show better. All you needed to do was ride the wave that Triple H brought you with Walter. And you killed him before he even made... Anything happen on the main roster. This guy finally is out of the United Kingdom and wrestling here in the United States. And this is the first sign of business, changing his name. Somebody please go out there and do some investigative work and tell me why the name Walter isn't appropriate for WWE television. But the name Gunther is. Are we calling him Gunther instead of Walter? Walter. Is his name Gunther Stark, like the report says? You know, typically everybody on social media is going to fucking cry and bitch and moan. And then you're going to have your small group of people. Oh, you'll get used to it. Oh, you'll get used. It's not the fact of the matter. It's not the fact that we'll get used to it. It's the fucking fact of the matter that it's unnecessary. And it comes from a place of hatred. There's no reason. For his name to be changed. None. Walter is dead. Whether you want to admit it or not. Whether you're a Walter super fan. If you have fan pages and fucking groups that are dedicated to this man. Walter is dead. It's finished. 34 years old. This guy's WWE career is over before it even starts. Finished. Finished. This is one of those instances where I hope social media causes so much carnage that they have no choice but to change the name back to what it was previously. I'm telling you right now, man, well, like I said in the beginning, use your voice. I've already tweeted Bruce Pretchard. I've already tweeted Bruce Pretchard. My tweet to Bruce right now is sitting... At 534 likes. I know he's seen it. I know he's seen it. You need immediate termination from anything WWE creative. A complete joke is what you've turned NXT into. Fucking Gunther. I pray I fucking misheard what I think I might have heard tonight. Bruce Prichard needs to be fired. It's too easy to blame Vince McMahon. The fucking imbeciles with the IQ of a crayon box. They go and blame Vince McMahon. They don't realize how much power Bruce Pritchard has and how much power Bruce Pritchard has in the eyes and in the ears of Vince McMahon. He needs to be fired. Active immediately. No, but Shawn Michaels is running NXT, right? How many more people are still chiming in that Shawn Michaels... Is running NXT. I'm sure Shawn Michaels, good old HBK, the heartbreak kid, right? I'm sure he advocated for Walter to have his name changed to fucking Gunther. Which has World War II Nazi background, historic meaning to it. Sure thing. Sure thing, social media. Thank you guys very much for joining me for this NXT, embarrassing as it may be, post-show on Off The Script. We're going to go over your super chats in just a second, man. Thank you guys for all your support. Go and hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up, man. I am seeing right now 590 likes. There should be a thousand likes on the live stream right now. Minimum. What are you waiting for? If you guys hate the name Gunther as much as I do, better hit that thumbs up. And once again, tonight's show is sponsored by audible, audibletrial.com slash scripts. Go get your 30 days free of their service and one free audio book of your choice. Super chats, man. Get them on in. Continue to hit that join button. Let's start at the top. Like Anthony with a $100 super chat. Like right at the top, man. Anthony, thank you so much, brother. JD needs to be Tony D'Angelo's manager. What a duo they would be! An Italian dream team. It's just business. Nobody compares in the IWC. JD is in a league of his own. Enjoy your night. Veer and Von Wagner, baby. Also, wow. Electra Lopez is stunning. Yeah, she's all right. She's all right. Thank you, Anthony. I'd love to be Tony D'Angelo's manager, man, but uh, I would not work on the same show that Bruce Pritchard writes. I'm sorry. Couldn't bring myself to do it, man. I think every time I look at the man, I'd fucking vomit. Grandmaster Yoda with a two dollar super chat. Sup, JD. You really helped me with mental health. Thank you. Yo, Yoda, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Anything I can do, man, to make you to make you put those problems at ease for just a little bit, man, and make you laugh. That's what I'm here for, bro. Tony Brown. I missed you the last couple of streams, Tony Brown. 499 Super Chat. In the VA hospital. Lost my other leg. Haven't forgotten. OTS for life. Tony, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Everybody in the live stream chat, man. Throw up those prayer emojis for Tony Brown, man. It's one of the OTS VIPs here. Jay Coyle with a UK $5 Super Chat. Walter is Gunther I can't believe this stupid company man They find a way to ruin everything It is their calculated effort Jay To ruin everything that Triple H had brought to the table I'm not surprised Nobody's going to be watching after tonight Nobody Just awful Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat My AEW experience begins tomorrow I'm ready to go Enjoy that show Bradley AEW puts on a great live show, I know from experience. I've been to several of them now. I love it. Jay Coyle with another five and a two in Super Chat. WWE's best main event of 2022 so far is now overshadowed by this stupid name change. Bolzer being named after a Nazi is absolutely not okay. Yeah, and right before Black History Month as well. And right after Martin Luther King Day. Must be nice to be uh, WWE management, right? Hope the fans get on their case and absolutely slaughter them PR wise, man. Olsadot Notrez with a 1999 super chat. How are you going to make one of the most legit men in the sport sound like a three star butler working for the Buckingham Palace? Make it make sense. You know what would make sense? Notrez? Bruce Pritchard getting his fucking termination papers, man. How much is he making? I'm sure he's making a boatload of money, man. Nick Khan can save a ton of payroll by firing Bruce Pritchard. Ryan Shepard with a $5 super chat. Name change, music change, walking papers. The Vince McMahon trifecta. What an embarrassment. I need a Jack and Coke. Start. Bro. Jack and Coke is on me, man. I think we all need one after tonight. Saints 2025 with a 499 Super Chat. I've waited years to place as Walter in a WWE game or play as Walter in a WWE game. And now his name will be Gunther. Next thing you know, they're going to change his epic theme music. They will. Because it's not a Def Rebel theme. It was a CFO Money theme. Saints also with another 4.99, 137 retweets and counting. Hopefully tonight will trend. Yeah, man, I hope. I hope. Bruce is complete shit. Uh, Bushy Clementine with a $5 Jet. You typically ask what folk are drinking at the venue after the last few years of WWE. I'm drinking bleach. Bushy, I got plenty of that, man. Jesse uses the bleach to mop the floors every night. What do you want, a double, triple? What do you got? It's on me. It's on me. Can we serve Bruce some bleach? On the rocks for Bruce pressure? Christian Shea with a 1999 Super Chat. Why does WWE suck? Because it's run by a bunch of fucking soulless Satanists. That's why. That's why. Who hate pro wrestling and hate their fan base. Not that very difficult to come to an understanding. Christian, thank you so much, brother. We love you here, man. You're quickly becoming a VIP here, bro. Uh, Saints 2025. As Walter, or as a Walter fan, I hope Bruce Pritchard gets fired from a cannon. Yes. Uh, I wish he uh I wish he would get fired from something more than just a cannon, bro. Ankle break, AJ2 with a $10 super chat. Let me say that the name Gunther is really insensitive. However, when he leaves WWE, he can use the name Walter again, and WWE won't own it. It's a win for him. You saw what happened to the Dudleys when they left for TNA. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with Walter and WWE management. I don't know how long he's going to be there. I can't imagine it's long after this debacle, man. What an embarrassment. Christian Shea with a $20 super chat. Grayson Waller is so annoying, and I think Bruce needs to get fired, and nobody would watch WWE if they kept making it so boring. And AEW is very better than WWE. It's a unique way to put it, bro. AEW is very better than WWE. ECW Hardcore 07 with a $5 Super Chat WWE Ruining Walter and Saray. I despise this company Tony Cody is all elite And Tommy Brannigan Become new members Of the OTS venue guys You're sitting VIP with me guys What are you drinking man Because the shit is on me tonight Nicholas Becomes a new member what are you drinking tonight, Nicholas? Don't tell me H2O, bro. I think we all need a shot of something. Hard. Tonight. Christian Shea with a 4.9 tonight super chat. Why is Grayson Waller such a cheater? I don't know. Maybe we should ask them. Prodigy RKO, six-month re-up. Thank you for the commitment, Prodigy. JD, what have they done to Walter? What is this Gunther nonsense? Apparently, prodigy, Gunther Stark was a military commander in charge of Nazi U-boats during World War II, and WWE is named Walter after this individual. My heart breaks for NXT, man. My heart breaks for NXT, really. Everybody that put their heart and soul into this company, man, they absolutely have made a mockery of it. Angel! With a $20 Super Chat. J.D., you rock. WWE is so bad. Lifelong fan that hates the product. Raw on SmackDown is horrendous. And by default, NXT 2.0 is their best show. And it's horrible compared to Triple H's NXT. You know, I have people in the community, why does J.D. hate watch WWE if he doesn't like it? Why does he watch something that he doesn't like, clearly? At this point, I'm doing it because I'm doing it to piss you off. Why don't you start your own fucking podcast and tell people what you think of the show? Thank you, Angel. Brandon James Shea with a $2 super chat. I don't like WWE. They suck now. Yes, Brandon. Yes, Brandon. Thank you for telling us something that I'm sure most of us don't know. We got Issa in the chat. Yo, Issa. What are you drinking? Anyway, a pina colada? What are you drinking tonight? Malibu? I think everybody deserves a shot on me tonight, man, with this fucking horrendous shit that we had to sit through tonight. Gunther. Oh, baby, boy, good, you know Troy Turner with a $20 chat. Any thoughts on the E-T-I-D mess playing out in public? From a fellow metalhead, it's a damn shame that they're all against Keith and AEW's butcher is their guitarist. Hope they can work it out. And thanks for all that you do, JD Troy Turner. I, I don't listen to every time I die, bro. I don't listen to every time I die. I, I don't even. I don't, I-, I don't even. I don't even know what caused their breakup. I don't even know what caused their breakup, man. You know, jealousy causes. Bands to break up, musical differences. Maybe maybe the band wanted to go in a different musical direction, man. I have no idea. I don't know. But I don't listen to Every Time I Die, man. It's not my type of music. Half the stuff that I, I play, I don't normally listen to in my spare time, man. You know, you guys know what I listen to. I listen to progressive, I listen to power metal, Symphony X, Walter Bridge, Michael Romeo is my favorite guitar player. You know, I listen to a lot of power metal. You know, dream theater, stuff like that, man. Uh, the story of John with a nine ninety nine super chat. I have front row tickets for AW Revolution. I'm excited. Sure as hell better than Bruce's NXT. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it to Revolution, man. I'd like to, but uh, it's going to be a wait and see thing. But uh, enjoy yourself, bro. Represent the podcast, John. Hopefully we see some off-the-script representation live at Revolution. Uh, Charlie Goldberg becomes a new member in the venue. Charlie, what are you drinking, man? Everything's on me tonight. We're all mourning the death of Walter. Jake, 823, with a $2 super chat. JD, did you see Spears' promo on Punk last Rampage? I did not, Jake. I did not watch Rampage. I was at the House of Glory show doing what I had to do. Which we now have an official date. Who runs the world? Girls, House of Glory debuting on Fight TV Thursday at eight PM. Man, Sala Monster and myself on commentary. We killed it, and the ladies killed it as well in the ring. And hopefully, you guys enjoy our work and the work of all those talented women from last weekend. Man, awesome, awesome stuff. Saints four ninety nine super chat. I can see it now. Walter chasing Dana Brooke for the 24-7 title. Bro, Walter is uh, dead. He's not even going to make it that far, bro. Walter's not even going to make it that far, man. I think he'll be gone well before all of that. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get the hell out of here, man. I'm about to get out of here and um, cry myself to sleep over Walter dying on NXT 2.0 tonight. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. Coil Phoenix, thank you for the recommitment. Six months. Love to see it. All I can say is I can't wait to see the return of John Moxley because I can no longer watch this shit anymore. Hashtag R.I.P. Walter. R.I.P. NXT black and gold. Troy Turner with a $5 super chat. If they did this to Walter, I can't imagine what they'll do to Imperium. Bro, Imperium's not even gonna make it that far. Here I am booking Roman Reigns and the Bloodline versus Walter and the and, and Imperium. And WWE already killed them upon arrival. Their first full night as a group together on NXT. They killed them dead. Anyway, guys, listen, I uploaded off the script episode 403 earlier today, man. One hour of audio content, video and audio wise it is now on the channel. Go and check it out. We talk about Omas. That is the plan. That is the plan. Omas and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. We talk about Cody Rhodes and how he's not going to WWE. For all the fucking idiots online, man, you don't deserve internet if you keep spreading bullshit like that. He's not going to be in the Royal Rumble. And WWE, Vince McMahon has already given up on Finn Balor. 4 months after the WWE draft on Monday night Raw. Saints, what a 199. Good night, JD. Saints. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Guys, I'll be live tomorrow with Jesse. I will be live tomorrow night with Jesse. AEW Dynamite post show. We got a lot to talk about. We'll get his opinion on Cody Rhodes. And we'll go over Dynamite as we usually do, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button. Continue to join the channel and become VIPs and hit that thumbs up, man. We got 677 likes. Where's the thousand? Oh, that's right. You guys that did not hit the thumbs up, you guys might like the name Gunther. Anyway, I'm getting out of here. I need two things from you guys before I get out of here, man. I need those guitar emojis. And if you got them, those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that music on Max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night for AEW Dynamite on Off the Strip. I'll see you guys later.